0: Welcome to Living Lit, where conversations spark inspiration to live in truth. Journey together with us to explore what it means to live a liturgical life and walk in the truth of our faith. Let's instill a culture in our hearts, homes, families, and world, living a life cooperating with and walking alongside our Lord. I'm Robin Brueggemann. Let's be a light, share the light, shine the light, and live lit. Well, welcome to Living Lit. I am so excited for our guest today. I have a very special guest on. Her name is Katie Bogner, which many of you may know her as Catherine Bogner. Um, you followed her. She is from Look to Him and Be Radiant, which is her ministry and her website, her blog. Um, And I have followed her for many 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 years and um so i'm super excited to actually get to meet with and chat with the woman behind this beautiful ministry so katie welcome thank you so much for joining us will you introduce yourself
1: and yeah. tell us a little bit about you sure thanks so much for having me um I am a Catholic school teacher from Central Illinois, um, so I teach in Peoria. A lot of people know um, we're the the home of Fulton Sheen, so where Fulton Sheen's tomb is. Um, but I also live, um, I live like 45 minutes away out in the country, so I'm actually a farm girl. Um, I have been teaching for about 15 years, mostly in Catholic schools, but I'm actually a public school kid, so public school education all the way through, and then taught in public school for a few years, too. Um, I'm super involved in my really small rural parish, and really involved in ministry, and especially catechetical education there um so yeah there's a few things okay well fun
0: thing i noticed about you like so i follow you on social media on instagram where you can find katie at katherine.bogner i heard it right katherine you got it up there, yep that's it i'm um, on instagram and so i followed you for a few years a long time a few years at least i'm slightly fangirling here No shame, now right? <laughs> <laughs> But I noticed a while back that I think something you and I have in common is that I think you are an international harvester farm.
1: Do you guys have red equipment? We have red equipment. Now I have to be very right. clear though, because technically we have some green, but hold back, it's not John okay. Gear. We um we're actually an Oliver farm. So when oh, my grandfather fun. yeah, when my grandfather came back from yeah. World War II, he had Olivers, but then Oliver was bought up by White and White was bought out by International Harvester. So, yeah. so we're so we're technically loyal to Oliver Green. Right. But <laughs> then we've got, we've got some red we too. we going to oh, gonna be going to be yeah. technical about it. Yeah. yeah. Super fun. So I am a farm wife
0: and um, we are, we have a red farm and um, which nothing against
1: gender. But I think we all kind of get when you find your people, like you're like, yes. oh, yeah, that's your color on your farm too. But um, <laughs> so I thought that would kind so of fun. Be careful though, because my sister is also a farm wife and her husband. So she married into a John Deere family. So oh, fun. So what, like my, my nephew's farm. <laughs> They carpet farm, of course, with every oh, yeah. color, every color of tractor. They're all welcome in our family. So I love it. You carpet farm. Yeah. To get my boys. But listen, I'm seven
0: and I'm four boys, and the carpet farming totally got you on that. It's <laughs> still super fun. And so another fun way that you and I connected lately is through um shopping at Aldi oh and my- finding some surgical <laughs> <electrical laughs> living finds, which has just been hilarious to watch. I found some table in it's which a friend of mine tipped me off to that are going to be perfect for Our Lady Guadalupe. So well, I put it on social media, then you snagged it. And then from there, it's
1: kind of gone viral. It, 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 it has one at all things. once. I mean, do you know that? Like they, yeah. like all over social media. So if, if you haven't seen these, I actually I actually have them right here. Should I grab them and show them? Yeah. Yeah, yeah you like. real quick. That's super fun. Um, so...
0: We um found these table linens and then Katie found some. So her and I have been messaging back and forth on social media. Um, it's so fun. So, yeah, so the SOs are so um beautiful they, for the season. Oh yeah, if you're if you're listening on podcasts, you're gonna have to pull us up on YouTube to actually <laughs> see this and watch the YouTube version. But they're very festive, but they just totally have such a beautiful,
1: subtle, like Our Lady Guadalupe. They're fantastic. Yeah, yeah I should It actually screams Our Lady Guadalupe. But <laughs> yeah, so if you're if you're listening on the podcast, so all the these there were there were Runners and placemats and napkins, and they're the most beautiful shade of like a like a creamy it navy. And then they have stars on them, but not just any star; they're a pointed stars. So somebody somebody knew what they were doing. So anyway, yeah, I absolutely. love how it has united the Catholic Instagram community. It has made it really happy. happy. Um, yes, yeah, and like brought out a little bit of the competitive spirit because we know those all the you know those deal aisles like once they're gone they're gone so right? a lot of peoria friends are like oh man of course they have to live in peoria where katie is she already got them all so i have shared, i've shared with quite a lot of people all the ones i've found so. I, love
0: it. I love it it has been fun to like unite together like that so i want you to tell us about look to him and be radiant so i have lived liturgically um i'm little bit older and so we've done it with my kids for about 20 years probably and i've stumbled upon your blog i mean before social media i'm not even sure how and i have used so many of your resources from your blog um, i've used them as a mom i have been a dre so i've used your resources as a dre as a teacher we use some of them for our lumen christie which is our totus tuus um team i use some for um them this summer and so many amazing resources. In fact, um, when I told the kids that you are going to be on the show, they were like, I'm like, okay, Leo Antiphon, so this, so that. They're like, oh, maybe that comes up with that. And there's so many times I've said to my husband, I can't believe that she gives us this stuff for free. It's <laughs> so amazing. And we so appreciate um, all you offer through your site. But will you tell us how Look to Him and Be Radiant came to be as a, like, as a ministry, but then the
1: site, and yeah. is it based on the Bible verse? it is so yeah the short answer of the name is that it was it's my favorite psalm and so um i actually had to like go back because i knew you were going to ask me a question related to this so i had to go back and look so somewhere in 2011 which feels like a lifetime ago blogging was huge right like so Mm -hmm. my family members were blogging i had a lot of friends that were blogging and at the time it was more of a way to like keep up with you know like I was out of college and missing friends and things like that. So I was like, it was a way to keep up with people, like to tell stories that didn't quite fit on, it would be Facebook at the time, not Instagram. <laughs> and so I'm like, I'm I'm going to start this. I, you know, I like to take pictures. I can share some stories, et cetera. Um, but I didn't, I didn't love that aspect of it. I wasn't like, I didn't have enough going on in my life to like tell my own story, if that makes sense. Um, And so I started sharing some other things about faith or like book reviews or whatever. But really what happened was I, um, excuse me, I know I mentioned that I taught in public school for a while. And so I was teaching in the local public school and I was the DRE at my local parish. And I was, I was just on fire with my faith. I'm a cradle Catholic, but I had a really strong reversion experience in college where I saw the faith lived out boldly by young people for the first time literally ever. Um so um God bless my parents like they raised my sisters and I in the faith and we did not miss Sunday mass and we volunteered at church and but, but that was it. that was about it. Like we didn't I think people think I live this like crazy liturgical olympics life or something like we didn't even have an advent wreath. Like I mean we didn't do any of that stuff. So when I was kind of introduced to people who were my age, who were actually attending daily mass, who wanted to read the Bible and talk about it, who were excited about the saints, it just really lit a fire underneath of me. So anyway, I came home from college, um, was working in the public school, dove into my tiny little parish and got really involved. And in my my pastor kept asking me to do things, and I was you know young enough to say yes <laughs> to all of them. <laughs> um, and so I got involved with the local, like kind of a it was like a dre, like a regional dre group, sort of like a support for the the local dres to work together and just have some companionship. And I started sharing. So we would have like a we'd have a breakfast meeting and they say, oh, bring the stuff you're planning on doing for Advent with your parish or whatever. So we'd bring our ideas and share them. And like I said, I was young and on fire. And so I was making all of this stuff because my background is in elementary education. And sometimes I can find the things I was looking for online and sometimes I couldn't. So I was making a lot of stuff and I brought it to share with them. And they're like, oh, Katie, this is really great. Will you email it to me? And then, hey, will you come and speak at our catechist night and will you share it with them? And, and long story short, if you, um, back in the day, like, so I would like take a piece of paper with me to these speaking events and say, hey, if you'd like a copy of all of this stuff, just put your email on this list and I'll, I'll send it to you. Well, do you know how hard it is to read people's handwriting on, like when they're writing Oh, articles? I don't know yeah. why, but I feel like that what <laughs> it is so illegible, and so it took so long. So finally, what I'm like, I'm like, well, I've got this blog, I'm not really using it, what if I just start putting all this stuff out there? And then I can just direct people to one spot, and they can find it, and I'm sure nothing is going to happen with it, and this will probably be over, you know, after the speaking engagement, and I'll never do it again, but at least I won't have to type in everyone's emails. <laughs> well, that was like 12 years ago and i was and like you know literally thousands of resources later um that's what the blog is and <laughs> the website so it started as something that was really just meant to save me time and it just exploded from there so The lesson that I learned from that is that, number one, people are looking for resources to teach their kids that are authentically Catholic and are true to what we believe. And sometimes those can be hard to find. Um, And then also, like, to be perfectly honest, people are looking for resources that are easily accessible and free um, and not that there is anything wrong with paying someone for the good work that they have done but especially working in a rural area and knowing that so many of our catechists and even our dre's are volunteers who are not teachers by trade who don't have theology degrees i just wanted to make things accessible to them and then same thing for parents like i wanted to remove a barrier for them to be able to like oh my goodness the kids are driving me crazy on this rainy saturday morning i'm just going to print out some coloring pages and have them sit down and, and and just be still for a few minutes i wanted to remove any barrier um to allow parents and catechists and parish workers and Catholic school teachers to have these resources to help teach the beauty and truth of our faith Mm -hmm. and to feel equipped to do so that you Mm -hmm. have to have a theology degree um, that you don't have to be a trained teacher that you can take all of these things and and share them with your kids Mm -hmm. and so it's just kind of blown up from there and it still takes me by surprise every time every (laughs) time every time tells me that they use the, the resources on the website it's still i still sometimes like to pretend i put things out on the internet and like you know my my family and friends see them, you know what I mean? So oh yeah, it's such an honor and a privilege and it's brought so many blessings into my life too. Oh, that is so beautiful,
0: so beautiful. And I, I am a recipient of it. And every single time I am so grateful, so very grateful. And that is such a beautiful um, witness to true stewardship that you um, are using the gift that our Lord gave you to share and that you are so generously passing that on that that is so beautiful and just such a beautiful testament to just passing on what the lord blesses us with which is what he wants us
1: to do is you know um i figure if i'm making it for my students or my own parish anyway it seemed very silly to just like shove it in a file like whether physical (laughs) paper or like computer file you know and have it sit there when it could help like countless other people and so i feel very very blessed to be able to do that Yes. Thank you so much. And
0: and something I really want people to know is you don't have to have kids or be a mom or a DRE or even a grandma. Anybody can find goodies at your site. And so I know many people are going to be listening and watching that are already fans of yours and so grateful to what you're sharing. But I am so excited to share you with people who haven't discovered yet it's like it is seriously like a treasure box <laughs> overflowing that you can't even close because it's full of much greatness <laughs> so i'm just excited for people to um now you know learn more about you but to be exposed to this and so like um like the resources are just amazing like i said as a, just a catholic woman i have been blessed by what i have found on your site I have learned from you in such a beautiful way. It's just, it's so welcoming. It's just not intimidating. Um, It's just such a beautiful way to learn. And I have things hanging up in the home (laughs) that help us to, you know, either help me to draw me into my faith more throughout the day or just even to turn our home more into the domestic church. So anybody will find goodies on your website and it's laid out so great. So we will um, connect your website um to the show notes but definitely want to rain, unless you're driving right now and listening <laughs> don't do it now but if you are even while you're listening you know are watching us on you know at home but pull it up because you're going to see it's just amazing so how how about the bible verse
1: though what connected you to the bible verse so let's be radiant goodness um I mean i wish i could go back in time if i would have known what the blog was going to become i might have chosen a different name not because that bible verse isn't so important to me but just because it's a little bit long and hard to remember but what it has kind of come to mean to me is the idea that like this is not about me it is not about like it's not a blog about me it's a blog about our lord if that makes sense and so everything i do um is looking at him and then letting that radiance shine out into the world. Like, that's what, that's what I'm trying to do. Um, that Bible verse also really reminds me of Our Lady, um, the way that uh-huh. know, everything she did magnified what the Lord had done in her life and, and in turn, like, magnified Him for the people around Him. So, so that radiance also reminds me quite a bit of her. So those are kind of a couple of things. Um, even though it isn't necessarily like a, like a logical, like, like, com or something like that, which would make <laughs> more sense. But I like it. I like embedding beauty throughout the day, and so we'll we'll say that that's part of the reason why it has stuck. Yeah. Well, in beauty, I'm so glad you say that because truly,
0: you're you are so creative. It is so beautiful. Like your, the way you write, almost like you know you have a special. I don't know if you call it like a calligraphy, but just so beautiful. It's like it looks effortless when you're doing it, but it's so beautiful. And um and that's really what everything should be in our life. That's a true good and the beautiful. Mm-hmm. Everything points to our Lord. So I just. Yeah, definitely people are going to find that when they go to your website and they see your resources. And um, yeah, I just love that. It is all about looking to him. So we have, uh, we're just in the process of starting a new liturgical year, which is an exciting time of year, especially for people who love the new books at church. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So tell me a little bit about what got you into living liturgically, especially if it was something you weren't like, you talked about how you were raised in a really great Catholic family. Um, and I, you know, I think there was a, a time definitely, cause I know even like with my husband being a cradle Catholic and many people where I just think the resources weren't there, you know, for them to know how the books weren't written yet on how to live liturgically. I mean, some were, but they weren't as accessible and, um, you know, they didn't have the internet to do all this and they just maybe didn't know how or have people inspiring them to do these things. But so what got you interested in the liturgical year?
1: Yeah, I think that that is a really good point that like, I mean, honestly, social media has kind of escalated the way that we perceive living liturgically and, you know, Catholicism 2023, or if that makes sense. I and I so remember. I would say that probably um, what so I, I'm single, I don't have kids of my own, I've got six wonderful nieces and nieces and nephews. Um, but as my friends were getting married and raising their kids, I think that that was one thing, like kind of witnessing how they were navigating, like early motherhood and and, you know, like, Establishing Catholic culture in their home. And then, along with that, like following along with people on social media who were sharing because it was so easy to really quickly take a snapshot of what you were doing for dinner on a particular feast day or a cute craft your kids made or wearing a particular color for mass that matched the liturgical vestment. So, I think that um, social media has a big part of that, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, But also, um, so I taught in public school for a few years and um, ended up Uh, accepting a job at a Catholic school and have um, taught in Catholic schools for about um, 12 years. And so also just like living that with my students, which looks different than doing it in a parish, right? Because in a parish, you see everyone typically once a week, right? You know, for CCD classes or whatever. And so doing it daily with my students that I see five days a week, it looks quite different. But really, what it comes down to is the liturgical year is not actually about crafts. It's not actually about the color you wear to mass. It's not actually about, um you know, like having a cute themed meal to match a saints feast day. It's actually about living the life of Jesus, you know, in one calendar year, to go through the Paschal mystery from beginning to to end. Um, and I tell my students that the church was awfully wise in the way she arranged the liturgical year, because it, it seems kind of obvious to say, okay, well, we're going to retell the stories of Jesus's life. But they could have said, well, let's do it in real time. You know, meaning that like that would be nine months long while we waited for him to <laughs> deliver Jesus. And, you know, Christmas would be quick. I'm not sure how, you know, maybe we would do two years until he came back from Egypt. And then, but an ordinary time would be 30 years long. And and then- I never thought about like that. I know, right? And then, you know, Lent would be the same, 40 days, Holy Week would be the same. So I I asked my students, so they're kind of like nodding, like, oh, like, how would that, and I'm like, well, I need you to understand that that means that Christmas would only happen every 33 years. And they're like, hold back, we're not doing that. (laughs) So so I think it is really incredible that the church in her wisdom has, has, you know, laid out this liturgical calendar for us so that we can fill our lives with the mysteries of Christ, and and to do them in this cycle over and over and over again it's not like a check it like once oh, we did easter last year check we don't need to do that one again yeah. that every year we get drawn deeper and deeper into the heart of christ um and so i think like reading more like understanding more of scripture understanding more of like the old testament and how the people worshipped in those times all of that i think kind of you know like some part, you know sparked some ideas in, in my in my life and how to do that as like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm not a mom, and so to not do it with crafts and to not do it in in those particular ways, but to really make it part of who we are as a church and to feast and fast together and to pray together and to celebrate together, that's what I think the liturgical year is. And how we do that looks different in our homes and our classrooms and our parishes, but we're all on the same journey together. Yeah. yeah, absolutely, I love that. And that's really interesting. I've never heard or thought of the
0: way, like if we did live it in real time, that would really be something holy cow it would be different yeah i think that so often that the church is incredible that it established the liturgical year and calendar and oh my goodness it is such a blessing and that's kind of my passion too Is just like wanting people to experience that uh, because it is so beautiful and it really don't you think becomes kind of like this awareness of it's just kind of paying attention like yeah. you didn't have to, don't have to mm-hmm. make a special supper. It's just kind of this awareness of, oh, this is what's going on in the life of the church right now, this season, this Sunday, this week. And then eventually you can just kind of keep breaking it down more and more. Like today, what's going on in the life of the church? And um and it can be really intimidating, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, especially with social media. Yeah, like yeah. this escalated, which is we have so many great resources that are just awesome at our fingertips and to see, but many of us, you know, you included, you were living this way before we had access to social media to see all the pictures and the daily hourly stuff that people are doing. Um, but it really is just, I just feel like this invitation in to live the live closer with the church, and it doesn't have to be scary. It's just so. Beautiful. It doesn't have to be intimidating and overwhelming. Um, so what do you recommend to people that are just starting mm-hmm. to live liturgically or or have this desire to step in? Because it can seem like, oh my goodness, it like to enter it. into this world. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and I and I always want people to think, no, 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 please don't be intimidated, because it's it's not.
1: But what would you recommend to somebody like that? I mean, I would say, like, the nice thing is that now, I mean, I'm just going to use my website as an example, because if you've never been there before, like you were saying, it doesn't kind of, it's, it, there's a lot, you called it a treasure trove, but also it could, it could just seem like, oh my gosh, this is too much. And then you close it and don't even try. And the same thing could be true of picking up a particular book or looking at some of the other awesome, incredible websites that are out there. Maybe one way to think about it, like to change the mindset is to think about like the rhythm of your family life. Um, or even the created world, like both of those things near the liturgical year. So in family life, right, there are times where, you know, you are um, you are celebrating something like, you know, you're hitting people's birthdays or you're celebrating an anniversary or, you know, like there's just been a really great accomplishment that your family's going to celebrate together. And then there are other th- times when things are a little harder, like maybe you've experienced a loss in the family or maybe someone is sick. And how you go through that together, and how the tone of your household changes during those times of celebration as well as more desolation. Um, the same thing is true, like in the created world. We've already talked a little bit about farm life, so we see very intimately this this cycle of you know like planting, growth, harvest, and then a time of waiting. And so, like our natural world, kind of shows us that as well. Um, the liturgical year follows a similar pattern, and so first to just kind of have this mindset that it's telling the story of Jesus' life and it's a rhythm that we're living together. And then after that, don't get caught up in all of the Pinterest stuff and it doesn't have to be about crafts. It doesn't have to be a a meal plan with these crazy things every night. Um, I think that honestly... One way that anyone, whether you have children, whether you do not, whether you enjoy things like, you know, like enjoy coming up with, you know, hands on projects, whether you like decorating, like remove all of those variables. I think that something that anyone can do. Any Catholic in any state of life can incorporate things like art, music and books can really change the way that your home lives the liturgical year. Um, Because they invite you into the prayer of the church, right? So having, even if it's just creating Spotify playlists or finding Spotify playlists that you listen to, the music that you listen to during Advent is a little different than the music you listen to during the Christmas season, Um, just to kind of get that anticipation and that feeling, the prayer of the church. Um, maybe it's um, don't go buy a whole Catholic library. You don't need to do that. But maybe it's adding some books into your collection that fit in with this season. So you know, if you're if you're an adult, maybe you find yourself a Bible study or um, a reflection from a saint that goes through kind of the themes of that season, for example. And you add that. You you know, you read it and pray with it during the season, and then add it to your bookshelf to again pull back out the next year. Um, And then maybe a little bit of art. And again, you don't have to break the bank. I'm not talking like buying like beautiful framed oil paintings. Maybe it's you find uh, it could be a modern day Catholic artist or it could be art that's in the public domain that you print it off as max, but you, you know, you find an image that fits with the theme of that season you print it or buy it or whatever it is and stick it in a place in your home where you're going to see it. And that could be a little prayer table or it could be on your refrigerator. (laughs) So it can be really, really simple and it doesn't have to be expensive. But if you switched out, you know, if you switched out a simple piece of art, you know, every, you know, every few months with the change of the liturgical season and you added a book to your library and maybe played music in your home, you're going to change the tone and it's going to be easier to pray the way the church is praying. Um, And then I think all of that will carry into the mass and also like flow from the mass like so when you're at mass at your parish and the music is a little different and Mm -hmm. the the art i meaning like you know the decor around the church looks a little different in different seasons um like all of those things then you're going to be in tune with what's going on at mass and it will mirror what's happening in your home so so yeah art books and music i think are something that anyone can do in any state of life and it can be very simple yeah i love that the the that so well said. That is so beautiful and so doable,
0: and that's what I really want people to learn from the Living Lit Show. That we can, um, we can do these things without a lot of resources, without breaking the bank. It d- without like a ton of like. E- like, I don't want to say like effort because it does yes. take a little bit, it, but the effort really comes in your heart or your mind where you're like, you know what? I want to live differently. Um, that's the hardest part of it. I think, you know, and maybe not even hard when the Lord invites you into it, it's not hard, but, um, it's really that, just that, that change, I think, and, in, in seeing things a little bit differently. And I love how you talked about the connection there from home to church and church to home, because what it does, it I feel like it's such a beautiful, um, Fullness that we experience. Then instead of separating, we've got I've got church in this box. I'm going to mass on Sunday, and then I've got home life. And many people do it without realizing it. They don't know there's more yet that they can do. Um, so that's so beautiful the way you describe that. And um, the music is a oh that is just right on. And I love you. Actually, have playlists on your website, so people, you oh my gosh, yeah, you'll you guys will see this. Those listening and watching are going to see that, that Katie has thought of that too, and um, I clicked on your Christ the King playlist recently, and so beautiful. So that is an absolute beautiful way. And um, and you also have some artwork on your website, too. So um, I appreciate that. I have printed off some of the artwork through the years and um, used that in my home. So I'm so grateful. So um, something that I'm super excited about is you are also an author, which is so neat. So you started with the, let's see, through the year with Jesus, right? Oh, yes. Look at how uh, you got them. That's awesome. <laughs> and, uh, Mary. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would love to have you on another time to talk more about these specific books. But because we are in Advent right now, we are going to focus on your newest book, all about Advent and Christmas. Oh, Katie's got hers too. <laughs> Twin. Yay. Oh my goodness, Katie. I, well, I was so excited when I saw you were coming out with this because I already know uh, your work and I'm a fan of it. And everything that you come out with is beautiful and i know that i can trust the truth in that for our faith and um oh my goodness when i got this i was just like like i was i knew it was gonna be great but i was just so blown away <laughs> and um, you collaborated with um the illustrator and designer um sherry van branken i don't know if i said that right you got yep van branken um, mm-hmm. paper goods the two of you coming together have just created this amazing gift and um did you see my review on amazon by the way Oh, I haven't. I'll have to go scope that afterwards. Thank you already. <laughs> Anyways, um, this is amazing. One of the things I think I had messaged to you when we were talking early on messaging each other is this, if I think if any family slash home um, ho- household were to have just one book, if, if I could just say, what's one book that would just just change my advent and make it so meaningful and just so heartfelt i would say you have to have this book oh, it is I think, <laughs> every age honestly i think it is great for kids it's great for families great for children but honestly um again as a catholic woman i looked at this and was just like wow i mean you totally so beautifully walk through advent you sprinkle in different um, traditions that you know people do have done that anybody can easily incorporate into Advent. I love that you have words to know. Um, you have different saints that are through the Advent year. Um, it's, it's just amazing. So incredible. Like I said, it's all wrapped into one. This is truly like a gift. It's like you open it and it's like gift after gift because it's just so much. However, not like so much that it's like, oh my gosh, that's too much. Like, no, this is something you can look at and set it back down and pick it up and look at it again. Um, (laughs) Tell me, um, will you do like just a little walkthrough with us, um, your overview of the book to let people know about this
1: incredible, beautiful resource that you've created? Yeah. Well, thank you. Well, I think we need to take what you just said and turn that into like a little commercial for the book because you just like, you sold it. (laughs) Like if I didn't know about it, I would be buying it right now. But so, um, so I, one thing to say, th- I guess I didn't bring that up when I was talking about, so the website um that I created has been, you know, been around for like 12 years or whatever. I did not set out to become an author that I'm going to be really honest. That was never like a dream of mine. um You know, a lot, as a lot of people like think like, oh, maybe someday I'll write a book. Like um this sounds really bad, but I actually don't really enjoy writing all of that much. It's like my least favorite part of the I'm website proud. creation process. But again, the Lord gives what we need. So I do really love sharing ideas. And so you do often have to use words to do that. Um, And so as the opportunity arose, like when I was invited to start working with the St. Paul Center to create these books, um, and I won't go into the other two too much. It was more about... Um, I'm, I've got a pretty good pulse on like what is being put out by Catholic publishers right now. Like I really have a, a really extensive Catholic library in my classroom. I receive a lot of books to review. And so it was really important to me that we not spend so much time and effort and energy creating a book that didn't already exist. Does that make sense? Like we're not yeah, just sure. trying to, to one up someone else's version of blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And instead, there's a lot of gaps in in Catholic publishing for children and whether it's topics that are a little harder to explain or I don't know. So like I I'm I'm very aware of those because when as a teacher, when I go to look for a resource, I can tell you things that like no oh, well, there's not a book on that, or there's not a book for that age group or whatever it might be. So that's how this book kind of started is we sort of had this idea of um my my wonderful editor and I, we sort of brainstormed sort of like a like a DK picture biography, which it's not a biography obviously, but about advent that it's not a devotional, it's not dated. Um, it's not something that you use once and then you're finished with. It's more about Advent. And we're like, well, it's all about Advent. And that ended up sticking as the title the entire time. So the book, like I said, it's not a devotional, as beautiful as those are. It's not like something that you read every day. And if you miss one, you're in trouble or something like that. Instead, it really is almost like a little mini encyclopedia on what Advent is. So it's not so much the how do we do this? It's more the why. Um, So at the beginning, yeah, one of the things that was really important to me is that it didn't just jump into here are the devotions that we do, because sometimes we associate our liturgical seasons just with our devotions, which are good, but they have to point to something. And so um, it actually starts with the light and darkness runs as a theme all throughout the entire book, which, of course, you know, that's what Advent is all about. So it goes into um literally starts at the very beginning with the creation story. And then I know um so if you're if you're listening, you'll have All to watch that. the video later and see some of the illustrations. Yep. So then it goes into salvation history. And so I was speaking with a priest recently and he's like, I can't believe you just like put salvation history in a children's book in like two pages. And I'm like, I'm like, I know, but but you have to. You can't, yeah. <laughs> you can't talk about adnet without talking about waiting for the messiah. And then you have to explain what the messiah is and and yeah. so so we back up, but not not a crazy amount. It's just two pages and and explains just enough to whet the kids appetite. And then hopefully again, right, we come back to Advent the following year and they learn something new again um, and At- talk a little bit about the liturgical year. So that was really important to me that we lay that foundation about the why behind Advent. Um, and especially because, you know, waiting is super hard for all of us. Yeah. It's really hard for kids. Um, waiting for Christmas is something that is, you know, like a continual joke and, you know, a, a source of commercialism, right? <laughs> Yeah, But Advent, waiting for Advent, if we think that waiting for Advent is four weeks or or three weeks in a day, in the the case of 2023, like we're missing the whole point. Like during Advent, we should feel this longing that the people of God had when they waited for thousands of years for the Messiah to come. And so I really tried to emphasize that throughout the book for sure. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, So then after that, it does get into a little more specifics of the Advent season, um, like what sets it apart um, compared to other seasons in the liturgical year. Um, And and that might be like um, in the book. One of the things I tried to do was we have these chapters, but they're like two to three pages long. They kind of have a main text. So as a parent or as a teacher um, or even an older child who's reading the book on their own, you could just read those, you know, maybe four or five paragraphs and get the big idea. But then the book is filled with these like sidebars and text boxes that have quotes from scripture and quotes from the saints and the catechism and they might have a prayer that you can use that's related to that topic or a practical way to live it out in your home so while it does share a lot of the why behind advent and our devotions it also does give those practical things that you can live out so um after that it does go into some of like the different advent devotions like the advent wreath like why do we have the advent wreath and what are all of the symbols that can be found within it Um, This is one of my favorite illustrations. I was really adamant. So often I see advent wreaths that have all four candles, all lit, all perfectly tall in the same height. Mm. And I'm like, we have to have an illustration that shows the candles burning down at different heights to show the passage of time, because that's one of the most important symbols of the advent wreath, right? If you were living in a time before electricity, and you burned a candle down, it actually showed you like how late it was in the evening or how much time had passed. And so, that was an important thing to include in the illustrations. Yeah. So, I know you mentioned Sherry Van Rinken, who um, a lot of yeah. people don't know her name, but they'll recognize her work from Catholic Paper Goods. Yeah. She just knocked the illustrations out of the park. She did. It's incredible. Like yeah,
0: it's, I bet you hear this all the time. People have seen the book, but the page 19. Oh, yeah. Is it Mary? Like, yep. And, I called it. Yep. Oh, my gosh. That just took my breath away. Yeah. Uh, oh my goodness so beautiful it because really there's is. that connection of mary as our lord's mother but ours too mm-hmm. like how he's present to us in the eucharist and just like and then thinking of her womb as a tabernacle i was like oh my gosh it's beautiful Which i've heard that before but then you see an
1: illustration that oh wow yeah people just yeah that is incredible <laughs> Oh, well, I know. I Yeah, I know I'm segueing a little bit, but that's one of the cool things about um, that. I've tried to tell people when we've talked about the book is that it is um, it really, really mattered to me that as we are working on this, that it didn't appear like I wrote a book and then my publisher found some like Catholic stock photos or s- Catholic clip art right. to kind of drop in. Because it it totally degrades, like we talked about truth, goodness and beauty, right? So the writing could be true, and the purpose of the book could be good. But if we're not going to elevate it with beauty, then kids are kids are the quickest judge, like to figure that out, they see right through it. And so it's so, yes, Sherry did all of these drawings, but she also designed the book and she did not start on the illustrations until the manuscript was finished. And so, um, for example, the the picture that you're talking about that has Mary um, with like you can see in her womb, the tabernacle and inside the tabernacle is baby Jesus. That was actually like the first image that she got when she read through the manuscript, which was just wow. a brawl word document. Um, she read a line um, in here that I wrote that said imagine the nine months Mary waited like a living tabernacle with Jesus growing within her Mary knew that hidden in her womb was the light of the world and Sherry she's like I like felt that in my heart and she's like and this image came to my mind immediately And so that was really special that I think is carried through when you see the book that like Sherry and I completely collaborated on this the entire way. Like there has been, I would have to go through my phone, but I think in the past nine months there have been very few days when we have not texted or called each other and everything from her, just like shooting me a couple of images, like which one do you think fits this best? Or maybe she was stuck on a page where she's like, Oh, we can't do another of this. Like, do you help me brainstorm? What would be another thing that would convey that message? Um, and everything has meaning everything has symbolism just like a good catholic right like yeah, everything yeah. and i love here. that you bring that out in your book yeah yeah so awesome um, so yes yeah, so if anyone who, when you actually see it i hope that that is um that that's conveyed because it was really important For to sure. us that, the, that the images and the the text work together as they should yeah a good children's books yeah oh you guys absolutely hold that off and
0: thanks be to god i can tell that the <laughs> lord was <laughs> was really leading all of this and um, <laughs> orchestrating that with you know the two of you and um, came up with something so beautiful that really gives glory to him and thank you um the season and um oh gosh it's, it's just incredible like every family needs to have this book every household <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh goodness I mean, and we okay so then we go into the saints i know we mentioned I have it mary so there's some information on joseph and John the Baptist. But then of course there's some really popular saints that get celebrated during Advent, like Our Lady of Guadalupe that we already mentioned in Juan Diego and Saint Nicholas and mm-hmm. Saint Lucy. So I I wove them in, but explained how their lives are, are modeling for us how to follow Jesus, that that we can be saints like them too. So it doesn't kind of it doesn't detract from the message right. of advent. It it works with it. Um and the answer is that but- yeah. And then, of course, the book is technically all about Advent and Christmas, but so everything in Advent is leading to that. So then we get to the o Antiphons, where we're really anticipating we're just a week away. Um, and then at the end, as we get to the nativity, it kind of tells the story of the nativity, gives ideas for celebrating the octave, talking about celebrating epiphany. But I one of my very favorite things that doesn't, it doesn't look like much because it's, it's the only page that doesn't have like a full illustration. It's kind of a monochromatic in the background. So, this page the title is hidden symbols at the nativity um and my friend um she jokingly called them easter eggs at the the nativity because they're (laughs) little like hidden things and so all of these are um like either hidden symbols or connections or hints at what jesus had come to do so I think that sometimes little kids we tell we talk about Christmas so much, and we talk about the Nativity and baby Jesus. And then we fast forward. and suddenly we're at, you know, we're walking through Lent and talking about the crucifixion and resurrection. And sometimes they don't they don't match up that the baby Jesus who was born in Bethlehem is the Jesus who died on a cross for us. And so these hidden symbols of the nativity make those connections so that kids can start to see that not only is Jesus the same Jesus, but also, everything he did was intentional everything that happened was part of god's plan um so let's see here i'll just pick one really quick um so like the gift of myrrh that the wise men brought um is like the burial spices brought by mary magdalene to anoint jesus's body after his death so especially for older kids when you start to show them those like puzzle pieces and they fit together like it's like a light bulb goes off and that's so yeah, much fun. Sure. so this is one of my favorite things even for adults it,
0: honestly they yeah, i yeah. mean they're like and adults would really get so much out of this, and I did too. I really appreciated the hidden symbols mm-hmm. page that you had on there because it really does make that connection going forward. And God is so amazing that He thought of all of those details that we could one day go back and make those connections. So, oh my goodness, you you totally thought of like everything. <laughs> the wonderful. Oh, I I am just so grateful. Um, and I I love how. You know, you you say, you know, you didn't set out to write a book, but God placed this, you know, on your heart, on your mind, in your path, and that you followed that. And thank God you did, because look at this now, you know, so God is so good in that way, isn't he? The ways he invites us into different He is, he is. Listen. Always <laughs> surprising, too. Oh, <laughs> well, for sure. For sure. So, tell
1: people where they can get this beautiful book. Yeah, so um, it's available at my publisher. So stpaulcenter.com. You can find it there. It's, of course, on Amazon. And um, I I can't list them all, but I'm sure lots of other places online. But I always like to encourage people to go and support your local Catholic bookstore too. (laughs) Um, And even if they don't carry it, most bookstores, if you say I have, you know, this book all about Advent from the St. Paul Center, they can order it for you at the same price. And then you're supporting them as well. It's always good to keep our brick and mortar stores um, to give them our, our support. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, And you have some just
0: amazing, great resources for Advent that complement the book. um, Some of which we have, I mean, actually, we have done so many of these as a family through the years. You know, sometimes we just do one, sometimes we do multiple, just whatever fits that season of our life. But you have great resources that complement the book or are intentional for the book, right? Uh, And then if you order the book through the St. Paul Publishing, which is your publisher, you can get um, a special bonus pack, which I am super excited. So I was telling Katie before we started recording here that I actually ordered it from Amazon first. because I just couldn't wait. I just had to get it. (laughs) And then I wanted the little freebie resources that has an interactive little calendar, right? Oh, my goodness. Um, So I also ordered it from the St. Paul um, Center. It's a compliment. (laughs) (laughs) If you want the bonus thing, then then that's how to get that. And I love how you have this interactive calendar. It makes Advent super easy. You can just click on the the link yeah.
1: for each day. Yeah, uh, it looks crazy, but it's one of those things where like you you can't and should not do all of the things on there. Right, it's all literally at one. Like you could you could bookmark that on your phone or put it on your desktop, mm-hmm. and you could pull like, oh hey, whoops, it's, I don't wonder what's going on today, and then you click on yeah. something, and there's at least one idea, if not more. Um, for every single day and some of them are like we mentioned playlists for music some of them are ideas for meal plans some of them are printables that you can print out at home so try to make it all like literally like you don't have to dive into the you know pinterest and find everything we we try to put everything and there's something for every single day of advent and the christmas season so i love that yeah because we don't want to stop partying no right at christmas (laughs) if it goes on for a little
0: bit so we keep the party going so i love that you really You've thought of it all. So I love that. Um, you know, you can go from a little to a lot and anywhere in between. Um, and just want to remind people too, just go with I think where the Lord is sparking you. You know, you're gonna know, like, ooh, like I want that book or ooh, I'm gonna go to that website first or whatever it is, the Lord's gonna place it on your heart of what direction you should go and how deep you should go while keeping it simple and very special, I think too, doing just cause each of us are just called a different thing. So mm-hmm. just that reminder, there's so many great things out there and you can totally go bananas if you want over all of it but just go where well, you don't have to it's your well, you family because have to <laughs> because it just be one very simple thing that'll just make all the difference mm-hmm. in living just a beautiful meaningful advent so thank you for all the resources and um do you have any like
1: parting thoughts for our listeners and viewers that you would like to share yeah i would um maybe just to kind of piggyback on what you just said in that like you know, Advent doesn't have to be this crazy. It shouldn't feel busy and rushed. We already get enough of that from the secular world with, you know, shopping and partying and baking and all of that. Advent is meant to be a season of wonder and of waiting for the light to come. And so don't feel like even if you, even reading my book, please don't try everything that is mentioned in it. Like pick one thing that is going to matter to your family, whatever that might be, um, and put it into practice or put it into, try it for yourself. You know, maybe it's, you're going to read scripture a little bit more. Maybe you're going to light the Advent wreath every day at at the dinner table. Um, maybe you want to try the Jesse tree or, you know, something else, but don't try everything because you're kind of defeating the purpose. It's not, it's not a, you know, trying to get a gold medal, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, just pick one thing because Advent is really supposed to be a season of wonder and anticipation. And sometimes we fill up our days with so much. We miss that. We, you know, we try to, we try to force it to happen rather than like wait um, and that's really contrary to our modern day society. And we have to try really hard not to. So yeah, just just pick one thing, something very simple to try this Advent. And I think it will make all the difference in your home.
0: Yeah, thank you. Thank you for those thoughts. And, and thank you too for sharing so much um, about the liturgical year and living that and um, just really want that to be an invitation to people. To just come along for the journey, because it really is life changing, isn't it? I just, it is. Yeah. Really, our church is beautiful mm-hmm. um, any way you experience it. But really want to invite people more into that. And um, yeah, so thank you so much for sharing that. You know, um, from following you, from the moment I started following <laughs> you years ago, I, and every time I see something of yours, I just, I just see just this authentic wholesomeness. And um, so I just thank you for that and just being a light of Christ um, for so many. So thank you, Katie, for that, for joining thank us today. And keep up the good work. Um, thank our, you. I will try. You. I appreciate it. So thank you again. Um, happy Advent and happy liturgical living. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for joining us today. Remember to like, subscribe, and share Living Lit and reach out with topics you'd like tackled at Lit at Catholic. Org. And be the light, shine the light, share the
1: light, and live lit.